0: So in this short series, this is video number two, where we're going to look at three narratives on sexuality. In the last video, we covered the cultural narrative. In this video, we're going to talk about the evangelical purity narrative. And in the last one, coming up next, we're going to talk about the biblical narrative. And these ideas of three narratives come from Dr. Julie Slattery in her book, Rethinking Sexuality. Dr. Slattery has done a great job of breaking down the cultural perspective, evangelical purity perspective and then also the biblical perspective i will link to this book if you want to check it out in the description and let's go ahead and jump in and we're going to talk about the evangelical purity culture now when we're talking about purity culture it is very easy to have hindsight and say everything was wrong uh, for So for example, Joshua Harris was kind of the poster boy of uh, evangelical purity culture. He wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. I grew up in this culture. This was in the 90s. I remember reading his book. You know, he was 21 when he wrote that book. I think if I had written a book at 21, I would probably be walking back a lot of those thoughts as well because Joshua Harris has since walk those back. And there's been a lot of talk of evangelical purity culture where it was harmful, where it really hurt people. It put pressure on people. It pushed rules that were not commanded by God to cause people to conform. And we're going to talk about some of those specifics, but I think we need to be careful to not, throw the baby out with the bathwater so to speak there was some good things coming out of the evangelical purity culture and we can also talk about some of the things that weren't so great so that is my goal as we talk about purity culture to not just bemoan and say that they were all evil and wrong but hopefully we can pick out some of the good and pick out some of the bad so first let's talk about the rules of purity culture They would say your sexuality is limited to sex within marriage and that single people should not be sexual. And I think that makes sense from a biblical perspective, but we are primarily defining sexuality here as intercourse. So intimate relationships, strong communion, you know, is that something that singles can have? Is that something that the evangelical purity culture valued? And one of the questions we have to ask here is, did the evangelical purity culture allow singleness as a valid option because we know that the scriptures did in fact paul said that was his preference that we would remain single so that we could focus on the things of the lord number two keeping yourself sexually pure as a christian is one of the highest goals you can have and one of the things that means it means that the rules have authority so if you want to keep yourself pure we need to know what are the boundaries how do we do that and so i think one of the challenges for the evangelical purity culture is that it built rules upon rules. And one of the phrases that we heard at that time is people would say, I want to stay pure until I'm married, in which you must ask, Well, what happens after that? Would you not also be pure when you are married? And I think it just gave this perspective that I've got to hold out, keep all these rules until marriage, and then I guess it's a free for all. Number three, if you keep yourself sexually pure, God will bless you with a wonderful marriage filled with great sex. Now, I think you should try to let that sink in just a minute. And as I look back to myself as a teenager growing up in this purity culture, I think I really believed that. I really believed I had to keep certain rules. Now, ironically, I didn't do a very good job of it. Uh, So I really struggled with things like pornography. You know, that's that's a video for another day. You can check out other videos on my channel where I talk about that but I really believed I had to keep certain rules and then God was obligated to bless me and give me a wonderful sex filled marriage. And then number four, if you haven't kept yourself pure, God still loves you and he has a plan B for your life. It's the idea that we can ruin the will of God. We can kind of have (laughs) it. We can get ourselves into that plan B. Number five, maturity in the evangelical purity culture means getting married as a virgin. And so, One of the things that this did is it often put pressure on women to guard male purity. And so women were pressured. You got to dress a certain way. You can't be a temptation to your brothers. And I think there's maybe some good in that, but it really should go both ways. Both men and women should be looking out for one another to guard one another. In fact, I would even say here, men, you have got to be the leader in relationship. Don't make excuses. Don't blame women for your behavior. We need to be Uh, honoring women with our eyes, with our minds, and in relationships, we need to be the ones uh, pursuing biblical purity in those relationships. And one of the things that this reminds me of is it reminds me of the worst illustration that I've ever heard. And this was something that was common in the evangelical purity culture. This is where a youth pastor or perhaps a pastor of young people would be giving a message and he had all these kids, you know, in a arena or in a in a church setting and in speaking to them, would pull out a beautiful rose and say, look at this rose. It is so beautiful. Who wouldn't want a rose like this? And they'd say, I want you all to experience the rose. I want all of you to take it, to hold it, to smell it, uh, to see how beautiful it is, feel the petals, how soft they are, and then he would pass it around. And so the rose would be going back and forth throughout all these kids. And the pastor would bring his message on purity. And then at the end, he'd say, where is my rose? And he would get the rose. And by now, it is all beaten up and it's falling apart. And then he would say, and this is what you're like if you are experiencing a lot of sexuality. If you break God's boundaries, you're like this used and beat up rose. And then he would say, who wants this rose and it's interesting because pastor Matt Chandler said that he was in a sermon where someone gave this illustration and in in that sermon he had invited a friend who didn't know Jesus and she was hearing this illustration and her life was kind of like that broken rose and so here this pastor is saying who would want this rose now Stay tuned, I'm going to tell you how Matt Chandler wanted to respond in that situation and kinda tell the end of that illustration. Subscribe if you wanna see that. I'm gonna cover that in the next video, which is on biblical perspective, the biblical narrative on sexuality. Because he had a very interesting response to having his friend hear that message. And so let's look at some problems with the purity culture. First of all, it just became quite pharisaical. So for example, in Matthew 15, Jesus said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me in vain. Do they worship me teaching as doctrine, the commandments of men. And so one of the things we see here is that we were teaching things that weren't biblical. We've added rules upon rules. That's what the Pharisees did. They just kept adding rules to try to conform to the, um, the rules and the laws that they had created. So it divides people into categories. We have pure and impure and this is on the basis of behavior and it's gonna to lead to one of two things, either pride or shame. So I think in my life, I had both of those. I was moving toward pride because I said I had kept my virginity. Lots of shame because of pornography struggles and these other things. So the purity culture really beat me up. And we have hints of the prosperity gospel here. If you do this, God has to bless you. And I think one of the things that we see in the church, the church has very often idolized sex in the same way that the culture has done. We've just put it in a blanket of marriage. And so we've really thought just like the culture, sex is ultimate. Just get married and then you can experience that. And I think that is a terrible view for the church to have. Marriage is a good thing. We should value marriage, but sex is not ultimate. God is ultimate. Jesus is the center he is the one that we pursue. Sex within marriage is a wonderful gift, but it is not guaranteed. And it's often also not that easy. Again, that's a video for another day. I've had other videos on my channel where we talk about that. Number two, it doesn't acknowledge that singles are sexual, that sexuality is more than having sex. And so Dr. Slattery in her book, she tries to break down this idea. And one of the things that it did is it made opposite gender friendships awkward because it put pressure. So young people would think, well, I can't, hang out with that opposite sex friend. They might think too much. They might think that I'm trying to uh, date them and get married. And it just kind of made it awkward because it made everything about sex. And I think this is true in America where we, we have an obsession and a constant thought process on sex where all uh, opposite gender friendships have become difficult. Number three, it's not consistent with the overarching narrative of the gospel. We look at something like John 8 where Jesus is confronted with the woman of an, in adultery. And rather than him say, you are not, no longer pure, actually doesn't say that. In John 8:7, he says, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And then Jesus is the one who doesn't condemn her. He tells her to go and sin no more. So he does challenge her on her behavior, but he offers her that gift of non-condemnation. Number four, it's not practically helpful in dealing with real life sexual issues like porn, sexual abuse, sexual problems within marriage. It kind of misses the mark here. In fact, if marriage and sex doesn't work out, who are you going to blame? So if you've kept yourself for marriage, but then sexuality within marriage is difficult, as it often is, who are you gonna blame? Are you gonna blame God? Are you gonna blame yourself? The purity narrative has been harmful for many. The cultural and the purity narrative were two opposite extremes. And in the last video in this series, we're gonna look at the biblical narrative. What would it say to both the cultural and the purity narrative perspective? Subscribe if you wanna see the next video where we cover the biblical narrative.